0: So, I hope that uh, got you woke up, your blood pumping, got the soreness worked out, right? Anybody walk in, feeling a little sore, a little tired from the week? Well, that'll get you going. Yeah, I've got some, uh, this week I've worked a little harder, my my day job has kept me a little more physically active, and I thought, man, I'm going to jump on that scale and see how much poundage I have burned off, but it turns out I'm, I'm evidently, putting on muscle mass, uh, because the, the um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm, hey, I'm the guy with the mic, so I'm, I'm just making it up as it go. I, I feel like I'm putting on muscle mass, and uh, that's what's going on here uh, today. Hey, uh, uh, Lucy, could you help, could you help them get them checked in? Someone need to be checked in there, because Nick's going to be up here in a minute. Well, I'm excited today. To, uh, to have Nick Dowdy come share the Word of God with us. Uh, love Nick. Nick is, uh, I'm so proud of Nick. I've known him a long time, sometime in high school when he were, first came around. I, I uh, met him years ago and uh, been so proud of him, and you guys have been really supportive of him. I cannot say enough about Nick and Grace and everything they do as a part of our church family. Grace is, works with the kids and, and does a fantastic job there. So here's what I want y'all to do. Um, I want y'all to give Nick such a warm, warm welcome. Make him just feel like he's so welcome, because he is, it's true. <laughs> Nick, you got this, man.
1: Thanks. You that, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> New this, mic. Not
0: used to it. Yeah, we're working on i want to work on some levels on that mic, but hey, take it away, man. Here you all go. Right. It's Thank all you. yours. Thank, you, Thank you. you
1: so much. Good morning, everyone. Alright, how is everyone this morning? Doing good? Good. Nervous as I am? Probably not. (laughs) Well, I just want to welcome you guys to Recreate Church, and I hope you've all had a good week. Uh, Michael asked me if I could preach today, uh, and originally the plan was for me to help us uh, close out the Joseph series, but God was leading me in a different direction uh, for the message today, so we're going to... uh, take just a little sidestep from that. And today we're going to talk about thankfulness and we're going to talk about the nature of thankfulness and what it produces in our life. Um, now, while it's timely with Thanksgiving coming up this uh, this week, that wasn't the driving force behind this message. It works out. But um, thankfulness is something we are told is God's will for our life. And that's year round. That's not just when Thanksgiving is the theme of The holidays that are going on, thankfulness and gratitude are something that God wants us to live out in our everyday life every single day. Um, So we're going to be jumping around to a lot of scriptures. So if you're a note taker, uh, be ready to write them all down because there's about five of them. Uh, So we're going to be in Psalms starting out. But before we jump into that, I want to go ahead and pray us, uh, pray that God's going to be with me during this time and with us. So if you want, join me. Uh, Dad, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I want to thank you for this opportunity. I want to thank you that you've given me another chance to uh, speak about your words, speak about your truths, and speak about uh, how good you are to us, and I pray that this message will have you backing it, that these words will be yours, that I'll be speaking out of your authority and not my own. Um, I thank you for how much you love us. I thank you that uh, this message is complete and that it was completed this morning, and I pray that you'll just help it to flow according to your will and that your spirit's going to be here speaking to our, to our hearts and uh, relaying your love to us and helping us to comprehend what thankfulness really is. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I don't know if you heard that, but I did finish this this morning. So, uh, it's a very fresh word, if you will. Um, So, before we really get into what thankfulness is, I think it's important that we address what it is that we even have to be thankful for. So, as believers we have very specific things that apply to all of us that we can be thankful for, right? Our lives and our situations may vary by person to person, and if you live in the United States, you have a lot to be thankful for, right? Um, but even if you don't live in the United States, if you're a believer in another country where you're persecuted much heavy, more heavy than we are here, these things still apply there. And so if things ever change and we find ourselves being more heavily persecuted here these are still things that we can be thankful for because it doesn't vary depending on our circumstance right so uh we're gonna like i said we're gonna be starting in psalms the first scripture that we're going to read is found in psalms 9 and it's uh verse 1 and it reads i will give thanks to the lord with my whole heart I will recount of all your wonderful deeds. Psalms 104 through5 is the next one we're going to read. It says, "Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faith, and his faithfulness to all generations. The next scripture is Psalm 107. 21 through 22 i told you we're, we're going through these um and it reads let them thank the lord for his steadfast love for his wondrous works to the children of man and let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy and the last psalm that we're going to read this morning is psalms 118 verse 1 and it reads oh give thanks to the lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever So at the base of all of these psalms, the psalmist that's writing it is talking about thankfulness, and he's talking about what we have to be thankful for, right? He mentions the wondrous deeds that God has performed. These are the things that we as believers have to be thankful for. Now, it would be really easy to go down a very long list of all of the miracles that God performed, all of the wondrous Wondrous things that he has done, right? But those were for other people, right? So it's they're wondrous, and we stand in awe of them. But it's a little harder for us to feel gratitude toward a miracle that God performed in someone else's life. Does that make sense? If if it wasn't related to our circumstances or our life, it's not as easy to be as thankful. We're thankful that God's good, and that's His character. But that sense of gratitude isn't quite as deep whenever it's not related to us. And so what I want to do, because the wondrous deeds that God's performed is vast, right? Like I said, the list goes on and on. I want, I want to take a little bit and touch on what he has done for each believer. You, me, anyone else that comes to accept Christ, the things that he has done that we can be grateful for, the things that uh, apply to every single person who is a child of God, right? <clears throat> and so, those things are. Sorry. Like I said, fresh word. Let me let me back up just a step because the one the one common thread that I, that is found in all of these things are thankfulness, right? And what they're doing is choosing to focus on God and His characters and attributes rather than focusing on whatever circumstance they may find themselves in life their focus is on how faithful their god is to them how good he is and how forgiving he is and how he never changes rather than allowing the negativity and evil found in this world to determine their attitude they are choosing to look to god's steadfast goodness to draw from and so what wondrous works do we have to be thankful for now now we're back to where i uh, backed up from Like I was saying, there's a long list of miracles that God's performed since the dawn of time. But which of these wonders pertain to us as believers specifically? The biggest one and the most obvious one is that God sent his only son to die for you. God sent his only son to die for you that you may have a way to be washed clean from your sins. And so this is a very, if you will, basic idea it's it's very often talked about in church which it should be because it's so important right but because it's talked about so much it loses sadly the words lose a lot of the power that are actually behind them and we gloss over the the reality and the magnitude of what it means for god to have sent his son to die for us right we forget the mag- magnitude of this act. Jesus willingly died so that you could be reconciled back to God. This wasn't something that he had to do. This was something that he chose to do. So, we have to let this truth settle in our heart and in our stomach. You know, we, we feel a lot of emotions in our stomach, right? Sometimes it's emotion telling you you need to go to the bathroom, but... Other times it's that there's a lot of stirring that goes on in here. And if we don't allow this truth to, to settle in our heart and our stomach, it becomes simply head knowledge, right? Even, even if you are truly saved and you're a believer, it's very easy. And I'm speak, I, I can say this for sure with authority because it's happened in my life. Even if you're a believer and you know that to be true, it's so easy to become numb to the reality of what that really means. And it's easy to lose that thankfulness and that gratitude that comes along with that. So allow this truth to connect with not just your head, but also your emotions. Right? And out of this comes the other wondrous miracle that I want to talk about. The one that applies to every single believer. If you have accepted that truth that Christ died for you and you are now a son of God, you have been given a new identity. This is the... In my opinion, and it is an opinion, this is the, in my opinion, one of the biggest, the biggest miracle that God has ever performed in anyone's life. He has taken us, people <laughs> who were orphans, looking for love in all of the wrong places, seeking acceptance from all of these things that the world has to offer, and has given us a home. He's given us a place of acceptance and a place of love. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's given us a place at his table. He's given us a place as a son or a daughter. And that is so powerful. Amen. You know, I prayed that I would bleed over this message. I didn't ask to cry, God. <laughs> <laughs> um. <clears throat> All right, give me a second. <sighs> I'm just going to break down. I can't stop. We do not have to question who we are once we've accepted Christ. We don't have to question our worth. We don't have to question our purpose. God has deemed us worthy. And He has given us a purpose through being His child. And this is something that we can never take for granted. Oh man. I think the reason I'm crying is because I do it so often. Uh. Excuse me. All right. So God has deemed us worthy and has given us a purpose. He has given us a new identity. He has grafted us back in to his family, all because he loves you for who you are. You didn't do anything to deserve it, nothing. But because of who he is and the value that he places on you, he chose to bring you back into his family. And it's so easy to lose sight of the magnitude of that. Oh, man, goodness gracious. This is, in my opinion, the wondrous miracle that we always can hold on to, no matter the circumstance that we find ourselves in life, no matter if the people around us are believers or not, no matter if we have the freedom to worship as we want, this is the truth and the reality of every single believer in this room and every single believer in the world. You have been given a new identity. You are loved. You are no longer an orphan. You have a place where you are accepted and loved. And that's never going to change. There's nothing that can touch that. Oh man. Okay, cool. So... The whole purpose of talking about that was so I could cry in front of you. (laughs) The whole purpose of talking about that is to remind us of what we have to be thankful for. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in the day to day. It's so easy to get caught up in going through the motions of going to work and losing sight of your true first love and losing sight of who God is to you and who you are to Him. And so with all of that in mind, with the base of what we have to be thankful for, right, I want to talk about um, the difference between the times in our life where we feel that gratitude and the times where it's simply words and it's empty, right? Because all of those things that I just cried about in front of you, are things that we know. They're things that we accept as truth, but we don't always end up crying in front of a whole group about them, right? They, they become head knowledge. They become words. They lose the power behind them, which leads to us having thankfulness. We thank God for that identity. We thank God for his sacrifice, but we lose the gratitude behind the thankfulness. All right. So those are a few things that we have in our lives as believers to be thankful for. These, these should touch our hearts and not just our heads. Giving thanks to God and his wondrous works is more than checking off a box, right? It's more than going through the motions and saying, thank you, God, for sending your son to die for me. It's, it's taking time and stepping back and really meditating and thinking about the magnitude and the reality of what he has done. So to truly be thankful for these things, we must meditate and dwell on them and allow them to change our realities and our way of thinking. And so what I mean by this is when I self-examine, I find in my prayers and talking uh, and talking about the miracles of God, I do not consider the magnitude. I am still giving him thanks on the outside, but they can become empty words. There is no gratitude in my heart or my stomach backing the words that are coming out of my mouth. They simply become head knowledge rather than there being an emotional connection. So another, another way of uh, explaining this, right? Imagine that you receive a gift. Everyone likes receiving gifts, but this gift is given to you out of obligation. You tell the person thank you because we were raised in the South, and that's the polite thing that you do. You say thank you. Um, and because it's expected to, it's what's expected, it's, it's, you're thanking out of obligation because it was given to you out of obligation, and there's no real gratitude behind those words. Now imagine you receive a gift from someone you know who loves you deeply, had you at the forefront of his mind when he gave it to you when he was picking it out when he gives it to you you'll feel loved and known and that thanks that you give to that person comes from a place of gratitude rather than obligation you see the difference whenever we think about the gifts that God's given us if we think that he did it out of obligation because he's God because he's good because he loves us he had to do it because that's who he is that gratitude is not going to be found when we give him thanks for that. But when we think about how he did it with us at the forefront of his mind, when he gave us the gift of salvation because he loves you and he knows you and he wants you, it changes the way we react to that and the way we give thanks. And so thankfulness, I'm sorry, hold on. So too often we begin to perceive and receive God's gifts as an obligation rather than with a thankful and grateful heart. We lose the perspective of the reality that they have created for us. Thankfulness without gratitude ends up being words given out of obligation. True thankfulness is paired with gratitude and a correct perspective. So <clears throat> just to sort of recap a little bit before we move into the last half of this message. I really didn't expect it to be this short, but we're already, it's only 10.30 and here we are. So maybe I'll just let you guys out early and you'll have something else to be thankful for. But... Um, hey, don't get used to short <laughs> <clears throat> So thankfulness has to come from a place where we are meditating and truly appreciating what has been given to us, right? And it's no different when it comes to the people that we have in our lives, and it's no different when it comes to us and what God has done for us. And so during this last half of this message, I want to discuss with you what true thankfulness produces in our life, right? Whenever we are truly in a place of awe of what God has done, and that gratitude and thankfulness is coming From the perspective of reality, I want to talk about what that produces in our life because it's powerful, right? So, the first scripture that we're going to read in relation to this is found in Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And it reads, Let the peace of Christ roll in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So there's a lot that was talked about in just those uh, three scriptures right there um but i i want to focus in on the thankfulness aspect of it right thankfulness is a matter of perspective and in verse 16 we are told how to abide in that thankfulness as a believer right so i'm going to go ahead and read verse 16 again it says let the message of christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So this, there's two things that are talked about in that one scripture. The first one is that we are meant to let the message of Christ be among us. It's supposed to dwell among us, right? That reality that we have to be thankful for, that we talked about a little bit ago, that is supposed to dwell among the group of believers, the family of believers. So that's the first part. <clears throat> and the second part is that, well, that's the first part in, in that we build each other up and admonish one another and encourage one another and help each other grow deeper in our relationship, right? And then the second part is songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts, right? The, the Bible here touches on the, the aspect of gratitude and thankfulness. It, it touches on the fact that you can sing songs to God, but without the gratitude in your heart, it's, again, empty words and so if we are to abide in thankfulness these, this reality of what god has done for us has to be at the forefront of our minds and our conversations and that in and of itself is why thankfulness is a matter of perspective because if those aren't the conversations that we're having our perspective becomes skewed and we start focusing on everything else in the world rather than the reality of who god calls us So we are told that we must talk about the works of Christ in our life with one another and to do so with gratitude toward God. We are meant to come together with other believers that we are in community with daily and speak about the goodness of God. And so while all of us may not be able to gather daily, I hope and I trust that there are believers that you have in your closer knitted community that you can talk with on a daily basis about the goodness of God and to have those conversations daily. Because if you're only doing it every Sunday or when we have our small groups here or just once or twice a week, those those other five days of the week, your perspective is going to get skewed and it's going to be harder to realign it when you come back to do it again. So the other connection that's made here in these scriptures <clears throat> is that thankfulness and peace are linked together, Right? In case you missed it, I'm going to go ahead and read verse 15 again. And it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Right? And so, in that scripture, it says that the peace of Christ is to rule in our hearts, and that we are to be thankful. Excuse me. And so, uh, this scripture very plainly connects these two. We are to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts and to be thankful. And so you may ask yourself, how do I let the peace of Christ rule in my heart? Do you sit around a campfire and sing kumbaya? Is is that how the peace of God really rules in your heart? Will this, uh, will that bring peace to your heart? And this is a really good question to ask because it's very easy to read that and think, oh yeah, that's super spiritual. That's great. I'm going to let I, yeah, I'm pumped, I'm going to let this rule in my heart without actually looking into how to do that, right? And so it's, it's important that we're excited to let the, and that we want the peace uh, of Christ to rule in our heart, but if we don't actually practically know how to go about doing that, what good is it, right? Zeal without knowledge does not produce a lot. And so now we're going to look at some scripture that helps explain how to practically do that, because I'm not going to leave you hanging. And so the last scripture that we're going to read is found in Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Um, This is some of my favorite scripture that Paul wrote, and it reads, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so the connection was made between thankfulness and peace in Colossians. And in Philippians, Paul goes on further to explain what is needed for that peace that surpasses all knowledge to manifest in your life right and so we're going to go back through and touch on the scripture again and break it down just a little bit it says rejoice in the lord always again i will say rejoice so we're first instructed to rejoice always by paul he repeats this command twice this isn't a oh when your life is going well rejoice when you feel on top of the ladder rejoice this isn't I just bought a new car. Rejoice! This isn't. I just got a new job. Rejoice! This is. Rejoice always, no matter what your circumstance may be. You are told to rejoice. You are told to rejoice in the Lord and give thanks to Him, no matter what your circumstance is. It is not dependent on your circumstance. And so that's that's the first bit of it, right? We have to learn to rejoice no matter what our circumstance may be. Um, And that comes from our perspective. As we were just talking about all of the things that we have, all the wondrous works that God's done, all the things that we have to be thankful for, those do not change on... Blah, 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 blah. Those are not dependent on our circumstances, right? So we always have something to rejoice over. He then instructs us to not be anxious about anything Uh, That's in verse 6. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Wow, Paul, that's asking quite a lot. (laughs) Um, He says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So he instructs us to not be anxious about anything. And honestly, this can feel like a really tall order. At At least it does to me. I don't know about you all. Because as I was coming in this morning, I was anxious about getting up here and talking about it. So I was like, well. Um, but the truth of the matter is is that we all deal with anxiety on some level, some degree in your life. Rather, you recognize it as anxiety or you call it stress. Everyone feels stress, right? So let, this, this isn't in my notes. This is for free, too. <laughs> stress It's just another word for fear. Because why are you stressed? You're stressed because you don't know where the money for the bills are coming. You're stressed because you don't know how you're going to get gas in your tank. So in all reality, you're fearful that things aren't... You're not in control, and so you're afraid that things aren't going to work out, right? So then we say we're stressed. Work has me stressed because i got to get this project in to my manager by the end of the week and i haven't even started i'm stressed because this is too real for me i have college work that's due tomorrow at 8 a.m and i only have one research uh uh, question answered pray for me Um, (laughs) um, but the reality of that wording is just fear disguising itself by another word stress is just fear stress is just anxiety and so To come back in, to to loop back in, no matter who you are, to some degree, you deal with anxiety. And so Paul commands us to be anxious for nothing. And so, to me, that's a very tall order and asking quite a bit. Um, But then Paul instructs us to tell God about our struggles and our needs, but to do it with thanksgiving. Right? And so he doesn't just leave us hanging and say, and says, don't be anxious. Just just cut it off. Don't feel. That's, that's not what he's saying. He says, go to, uh, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That thing that you're stressed about, that thing that you're fearful about, take it to God. Request that he intervene. Go to him. But then rather than doing it in a matter of, Throwing your laundry list at God and expecting him to fix it. You go to him with a heart of thankfulness and a heart of gratitude, knowing who he is, rather than being focused on your problems, Focus on who he is while you take your problems to him. Don't say, God, my problems are are so big. Say, God, you are so big. Can you help me with my problems? Um, It's all a matter of perspective. Let's see. So, Paul instructs us to tell God about our struggles and our needs, but to do it with thanksgiving. The part about doing it with thanksgiving is something that we tend to miss, or at least I'm guilty of. Taking our problems to God is easy, especially since we know that he's all-powerful and we can expect him to fix them all, right? We think that if we pray for a lot of money and God gives it to us, that we won't be anxious about getting our bills paid anymore. We think that if Uh, We pray for a new job that we won't be anxious because it'll be the right fit. We, We as humans tend to have this understanding or idea that our anxiousness is caused by a situation in our life. It's caused by the circumstance that we have found ourselves in. But I propose to you that our anxiousness is not caused necessarily by the situation that we're in. It doesn't help anything. But our anxiousness is caused by fear of not having control over the situation and not trusting in God that he is in control over the situation. And so even if we don't have the money to get our bills paid, do we not trust that God says he is going to provide our needs, right? And so then what reason do we have to be anxious And now granted, there's a bajillion different situations that may cause you to be anxious, but ultimately what Paul is saying here in this scripture is that when we take it to him and we refocus our perspective on who he is and what he's done, they're quite small. Those problems that we have are quite small in comparison to the reality that he has created. And so contrary to the line of that thinking that if God gives us more money or if we have a different job or the problem that we have in our life is taken care of we won't be anxious anymore paul tells us that when we are thankful and rejoice to god in our current circumstances we experience the opposite of anxiety we experience the peace that protects our hearts and minds and so as i was saying i wanted to just briefly talk about what is produced in our life when we have a heart that is truly thankful and grateful for what god has done And the thing that is produced in our life is this peace that surpasses all knowledge and protects our hearts and our minds from the chaos that is found in this world and the anxiety that this world tries to to project onto us. I'm just going to go back and read Philippians 4, 4 through 7 again because, you know, his word is very important. (laughs) And it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, Rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then, once we've done that, he says, And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. So when we read through that, we see the step-by-step and how how things flow, right? It starts with rejoicing no matter what our circumstance is. And then we take our requests to God with thanksgiving and gratefulness. Not, not the empty words, but the true thankful gratitude of our heart toward God. And then these things find their way into our life. And so I don't, I don't know or have all the answers for how all of this works, but in my mind and the time that I've spent thinking about it, whenever our perspective and our focus is on the wondrous acts of God, it's really hard for us to focus on the issues that we have in our life. And so because of that, when we think about the goodness of what he's done, that becomes what determines our emotions, what we set our mind to. Ultimately determines what we feel. In my in in my time thinking, I'm I don't have all the answers, but um, I I would give that to you to chew on, to think about, and to really ponder because our emotions are everything's connected. This isn't in my notes either. This is for free too, but every everything is connected from our mind, our spirit, and our body. And so, what we think ultimately affects what we feel and if we're choosing to think about the garbage and we're choosing to think about how we're not in control obviously we're going to feel like garbage and be stressed out for thinking about God and who he is and what he's done obviously we're going to feel good because he is good and what he has done is good right and so just to close this out here thankfulness produces peace in one's life This much is evident by what we have read in the scriptures. They are very closely linked. When we are focused on the wondrous acts of God, our perspective changes. As we go forward this week, I want to encourage you to take time to reflect on the goodness of God and what he has done for you as a believer, how he has given you that new identity to truly take a step back from your day to day and to allow the reality of who God has called you to be to come back into play. And transform the way you think. And that's all I have. So I'm going to close this in prayer. And we'll go from there. Alright. Dad we come to you in the name of Jesus. And I want to thank you. That you really made me bleed over this message. Um, I want to thank you. For all of these people. I want to ask that you'll teach us what it means to be truly thankful and to be truly grateful as we continue to move forward in life and that we'll learn how to practice this and it not be a matter of head knowledge, but to really learn how to take time to meditate and reflect on who you are and what you've done and to grow deeper in that. I thank you for this family. I thank you again for this opportunity. And I just want to ask that you'll be with us this week and uh, continue to help us grow deeper in community with one another and in relationship with you. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Ladies, hey, let's show our gratitude to Nick. Amen. And you did good. One small problem, Nick. Usually, I'm the guy holding the mic, making people feel things. But you, you preached right to my heart today. I've had people say, preacher, were you following me around this week, seeing what I was up to? Because Nick, where you been all week? Have you been following me around? man? I don't think so, because I've been, I've been gone. Thank you again. That was fantastic. Fantastic. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, I want to share something with you before we leave. Um, we are My prayer is that in the month of December, probably the second Sunday in December, we are going to have the Lord's Supper here. So that is something we have not been able to do. COVID has really made things like that tough, but I'm hoping we're going to figure that out. And I know several of you have expressed interest in helping with that. And uh, it's going to take a bit of work. Some of you were here when we did it at the high school or with us when we did it at the high school. And we, we want to set out tables and have it like around a table and have it more like, more like it was when at the Last Supper and in the early days. So it takes a lot of hands and a lot of doing more than just kind of handing out the elements, although that can work too. So if you are willing and able to help, right now the target date is December 12th. If you're willing and able to help with that, I, I want to hear from you before you leave today. Okay? Because it's going to take a lot of doing, a lot of work. All right? God bless you all. Thank you again, Nick. Man, I promise you this, you weren't the only one crying here today. You're getting me all messed up over there. Thanks a lot for that, buddy. You did a, you did a great job. I'm so thankful. Oh, oh, uh, Lucy wants to, to remind us there's some food over here. Or, no, wait, to bring some? Oh, eat the food. Lucy says, "Go eat the food." Can y'all help us out with that? Eat the food, eat the food because she'll try to send it home with me, and I'm tr- I'm trying to get fit, y'all. So help help a brother out. Also, hey, um, we had someone bring in some uh, some food boxes today. So if uh, your household or somebody that you know of need, could use a little extra food for Thanksgiving, we have some of those over there. So grab those and take them. Don't make sh- make sure they don't get left in here. All right, you guys. Thank you for everything. Thank you for being a part of this. Let people know that Recreate is bouncing back. we got some more seats to fill and some more souls to save, and let's do some good. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and Lord willing, we'll see you next week. Take care.